0: Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Welcome to the EM360 podcast, where we have a weekly conversation with people who are impacting the enterprise tech landscape. My name is Christina Stathopoulos, and I will be your host today. After building out an advanced analytics career in tech, I am now the founder of dare to data on a mission to help individuals and corporations take the next step in their data journey. Today I'm joined by Reed Maloney, CMO at Dremio, and we're here to discuss the state of the data lakehouse. Welcome Reed, it's wonderful to have you here with us today. Can you begin by introducing yourself, tell us who you are, and also what you and your team do at Dremio?
1: Awesome, yeah, thanks so much for having me here today. Uh, really happy to be on the show. Um, I'm, I've been in marketing for uh, about 15 years in a whole wide variety of roles, including you know, spending about eight years over at AWS doing infrastructure marketing and, and really focused on the cloud and seeing what that could bring to, to, to companies, um, and then took a variety of other roles, including being, a, being the CMO over at a different startup that was more focused on the AI space. Where they helped companies build and manage models at scale much more quickly. And now I've been over here at Dremio, and it's been such an exciting experience where we've been allowing companies to expand their use of analytics across their organizations, bringing uh, a data lakehouse, which is obviously what we're gonna talk a lot more about today, unifying their data across the lakehouse and then bringing self service to their organization so that they can uh, improve how many customers are using analytics and then also how fast they're able to get insights so we're really excited to talk to you about how quickly this trend is being adopted in the market right now um really based on how customers are getting value out of it
0: yeah it sounds like you've had a wide variety of experience that brought you to to dreamio and like you said of course we're going to be talking about the data lake house today so to set the stage and also make sure that we're all on the same page Can you first just explain in your own words, what is a data lake house? And then also from that, how do you see the state of the data lake house right now?
1: Yeah, well, a data lake house combines the performance, functionality, and governance of a data warehouse with the scalability and cost advantages of a data lake. And that's really where you're getting the term lake house. It's a combination. It's the best of both worlds. And one of the the questions we talked to our, our customers about was just, hey, like how familiar are you with this concept of a data lake house? And there are obviously multiple different definitions that are out there, but they all sort of bubble down to the same thing. The best of what a data lake provides, the best of what the warehouse provides. And now you really can do all, everything you could do on a warehouse, you can now do on a data lake. And one of the questions that really showed that is, how aware are you of this concept? And so when we asked uh, 500 different organizations, hey, how aware of you are of a data lake house, 85% said they are very familiar with the concept. And that really blew us away. Like it was much higher than we were expecting it to. And the only reason you would see awareness of a concept grow so quickly is really based on the value that it's adding into the market. So when you see things like different different terms or categories get adopted very quickly or awareness grow very quickly, that's usually due to to value differentiation compared to what the current state is in the market.
0: okay, that's i am actually surprised myself as well. You said eighty five percent are aware of the data lake house concept. that's huge and and it's grown a ton, I think in the last in the last years. but the awareness of this concept that you explained, um, for anybody in that 15% that's new to this, um, it sounds like you explained it like this hybrid data architecture that's delivering the best of both worlds. So it's combining the benefits of data warehouses and data lakes while maybe eliminating some of their weaknesses, right?
1: Yeah, I mean you know, the, the term hybrid can be a little bit um loaded. You know, for example, we actually allow customers to run a hybrid lakehouse, meaning they can run their lake house on-prem or in the cloud or both. Whereas there's lake houses that could be cloud only data lake houses. So the hybrid element of this, just to make sure that everyone's aware is much more about um, you're doing warehouse level functionality right on your data lake. So you never need to move, copy, ETL the data into a warehouse. You're just getting your analytics directly from the lake.
0: Perfect. That's clear. And so we were talking about you You ran this survey, 85% are aware. And really, lake house adoption is surging. Many are moving away from maybe, let's say, a cloud data warehouse, for example, to a lake house. What are some of the reasons for this shift and this, this growth in adoption?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, some of the specific stats there is actually we have uh, 69% of our respondents said they'd be running more than half of their analytics out of a data lakehouse architecture in the next three years. And that, so that really says it's going to be, if it's not already, but it's going to be the predominant way or architecture, I should say, for how um, analytics are delivered across an organization. And the number one place where that data is coming from, you just alluded to, is from a cloud data warehouse specifically 42% of our respondents that said hey where's the data coming from is it coming from an enterprise data warehouse or a cloud data warehouse or a data lake said look we're going to we're going to move the data from a cloud data warehouse to the lake is the highest percentage of all of them at 42% and one of the things we keep hearing from our customers around cloud data warehouses is cost and that and that showed up as one of the one of the main reasons it's not the only reason but one of the main reasons that customers are moving to a data lake house. And in a data lakehouse architecture, they can put their data straight on the lake. They can get the exact same performance and the same functionality that they're getting out of a warehouse, but they don't have to spend all the time and effort of uh, moving the data from the lake into a warehouse and then supporting and managing the whole warehouse. So you can imagine that that takes a lot of cost out of the equation, and so when we talk to customers about that, more than half of our more than half of the respondents, so that's fifty six percent in this case, think they're saving at least fifty percent with a lake house, and actually twenty percent think it's an even seventy six to hundred percent. So twenty percent think they're getting, you know, we'll say of one fourth. To you know, much higher levels of savings by adopting the data lakehouse.
0: Okay, so the main thing is it's more cost effective, and it looks like as well that I read your mind about the the cloud data warehouse. Um, but yeah, so more more cost effective. And since we're talking about the the business side here, how can an effective lakehouse strategy be the key to digital transformation?
1: So we when we look at digital transformation with our customers, so so much of that so much of the, their digital transformation is ensuring that they can get uh, data into the hands of as many individuals as possible. Now, obviously they wanna do that in a governed state. You know, They don't want everyone to have access to every bit of data, but they do wanna eliminate data silos and they wanna make sure then that they, the, the users themselves can create the data sets that they need They can run dashboards and queries against that data. And they don't always have to come back to um, a large engineering team. You know, those engineers have lots of different projects they wanna work on in the backlog. And if they're continually dealing with uh, errors of really long ETL chains to try to build even now more pipelines for the business, they're left with sort of this web and of different ETL jobs and pipelines to manage to keep delivering that data. Whereas if the business can go and do that themselves, which we think about shifting left, meaning the, you're getting the consumers of the data closer to the source of the data in terms of where they start to interact with it, then you're actually able to drive a lot more self-service in the organization. And while lake houses help customers do that by removing one of the pieces that's typically in the chain from source to consumer, which is the warehouse, Tools such as Dremio provide uh, unique capabilities that really allow the business to very rapidly build views and uh, iterate on their own without actually affecting the performance of the system um, based on capabilities such as our Intelligent Query Engine.
0: So I have that you're... This is These data lake houses are helping put data into as many hands as possible. You're eliminating silos. It's more self-service. And Dremio is helping with all of this. And I don't know if you agree with me on this, but I like to call this data democratization. Um, so democratizing the use of data for all.
1: We agree with that, although we'll sort of talk about it with our customers in the language that makes sense to them internally. So there's this concept around a data mesh architecture as well, where one of the pillars is a self-service analytics. And actually, I think a lot of the other pillars, such as federated computational governance and managing data as a product, those helped are required or help to roll up to be able to provide self-service analytics. And I think that concept as well is related to data democratization and digital transformation that customers are going through. And sometimes we'll see customers approach us from, uh, this is their entire organization. They're trying to move to this kind of concept. And sometimes they start more with a, with a specific department, let's say such as a supply chain or something like that.
0: Yeah, got it. And I feel like I have to ask you this since it's such a hot topic, but how does all of this relate to this era of AI that we find ourselves in?
1: Yeah, so so I think in in two ways, which is I believe that AI has helped to drive the adoption of lake house architectures, but also lake houses are often being used for AI. So there's a little bit of, you know, the which one's driving which right now. And so from our survey, we asked customers, are you currently using your data lake house to support data scientists in building and improving AI models and apps? And 81% said yes. And what's happening with with the data lake is you're combining all sorts of data, right? You have structured, unstructured, semi-structured data, basically everything that the data scientists could want to work with when building AI models. And now with a lake house, it just provides you even more functionality in terms of working with that data that's in the data lake. And so that can be from, hey, I want to go and uh, combine all of these different data sources together to be able to create this uh, data set that I'm going to be able to do feature engineering off of. And... The, the lake and now lake house provides an ideal state for those data scientists to work in, to be able to access and combine those different data sources.
0: Okay, and that's a huge number, by the way. I think you said 81% yep,
1: 81. Um, from
0: the survey, right?
1: Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I think I think honestly, the initially with data lakes, you saw a lot more uh, data science being done on the lake than analytics. And with the advent of the lake house, you're seeing a lot more analytics also be done on the lake. So now you have analytics and AI being on the lake. So when I think we weren't really that surprised by this result, because if you had a data lake, uh, I think a lot of customers are even still in, uh, hey, we're modernizing our lake into a lake house in early stages are still calling that a lake house and they're familiar with the concept. And so when you're asking about AI on the lake house, well, yeah, a lot of customers are already doing AI on the lake, so it makes sense to us that the uh, that the lake that the adoption of of AI workloads on a lake house would also be very high.
0: Yeah, that does make sense. So using it a lot for both analytics and AI, machine. learning.
1: Yeah, I, I just think that the the analytics piece is actually the newer piece of the two in terms of the workloads okay. um, on the lake, and that's really what uh, this. That the advent of open table formats um, helped to uh, allow, which is without the open table formats, you're only able to do read operations. You're only able to say, you know, t- tell me what's in this data set um, using SQL and now and answer questions from the data that's there. But now with open table formats, you're also doing write operations. And so that's giving you a lot more of the warehouse functionality uh, directly on the lake
0: got it okay okay and as we're as we're coming towards the end of this uh, conversation this episode i have to ask if you have any final takes or thoughts on data lake houses on how data lake houses are empowering businesses or maybe what's what's to come
1: yeah and we touched on it a little bit earlier with self-service and with uh, digital transformation which is you know if there's no reason to do a lake house just to do a lake house, right? It's about what is the business driver of having a data lake house. And so one of the ones we talked about is cost. So there, there can be a cost component, because you're simplifying the architecture. Um, But when we talk to customers, even if they're originally making the move, from a cost perspective, the value most of them end up getting is from the self service piece. And so you need to be able to have a user experience that allows uh, the customers to be able to bridge multiple data sources and then quickly create views and work off those views. But you also need it so that the performance of the system won't suffer as the business jumps into self-service, and you need to be able to govern the platform as the business starts to move into self-service. And these are all capabilities that Dremio specifically provides with its lakehouse. So we can unify across diff- multiple different data sources, and then we have capa- we have a really easy to use experience for our data consumers, and then we allow the um, the engineering teams to create uh, materializations of those views, and then our query engine smart enough to actually know those materializations exist reads them instead of the views to optimize for performance. And they can do that without actually ever talking to the business. So they can just look for hotspots and manage performance of the system, whereas the business just keeps running and moving really quickly. And that's probably the most common pitfall we see within business units. We see that they they have this concept of self-service, but in the end, they either have to keep going back to the engineering team because they have to manage the performance of the system. Everything slows down or they start just grabbing the data and copying it and moving it into their BI tool of choice, which is called an extract. Um, And then you're back into a lot of manual work, things that are error prone, can't be kept up to date, and that starts to defeat the purpose of self-service. And so we're really passionate at Dremio about enabling the business to move quickly while ensuring the performance of the system stays uh, up and running and and is really, really, I guess really good and uh that that's really the one of the pieces that i think gets lost in the lake house conversation is not all lake houses do that and uh our organizations that or say the organizations that really are striving for self-service uh they typically end up uh with tremio
0: okay so highlighting the self-service piece and i can say that i can completely relate with with what you were commenting about that we say self-service but then in reality many times it's not and i think a lot of uh listeners can relate to what you've just commented on
1: i mean that's one of the reasons i've been out talking about the state of the data lakehouse as a cmo too which you know versus uh someone that's you know coming from the engineering construct which is you know we we drink our own champagne with our own uh dremio data lakehouse and we have this as we're still trying to add more data sources into our lake, oh, wouldn't it be great if I could combine this and this really quickly? Oh yeah, it would well, as long as the data is just made we have a we have a copy of that data from the source from the from the application itself in our lake, like we can combine product and uh, marketing data together, and now you know our analysts can just go out and create you know the different views that they need of the data, and we can. Answer all the questions that we have about our business and start moving faster. So it's something that's near and dear to my heart. Um, having you know, worked in a different data analytics capacities, both from you know the businesses that I've been working with, but also from my teams that have actually struggled with these same problems over the course of my career.
0: Yeah, perfect. And I can I can hear the passion in your voice about this subject. So it sounds like it sounds like we all need to go check this out. Um, but. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time today, Reed. Really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing your thoughts. I've learned a lot. I'm sure that everyone listening in has also learned as well. Um, and thank you to our listeners. We hope that you took a lot away from today's podcast. And for further information on what we've talked about, please head on over to Dremio.com, D-R-E-M-I-O.com. We'll be back next week with another episode in our podcast series. Until then, make sure you subscribe to this podcast on all major platforms. Follow the conversation on our socials at EM360 Tech, on Twitter and LinkedIn. And for more great daily content, head on over to em360tech.com.